Not necessarily. You can be poor and sin sinful, or you can be rich and sinful. You can be poor and godly, and you can be rich and godly. Because it's not so much about having money, it's about does money have you? Hebrews 13, 5. Keep your life free from the love of money. Be satisfied with what you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you or abandon you. Logos Talk. Welcome to Logos Talk. For sermons, daily devos, and more resources, visit logosbaptist.church. Welcome to our sixth episode. I'm your hostess, Izet. I'm Pastor Manny, and off camera we have... Hi, I'm John. I'm your audio producer for Logos Talk. Today's topic is money. Alrighty. What do we got to talk about money today? Well, what does the Bible have to say about money? Uh, so money makes the world go round according to the world. But uh, money in the Bible is a tool, just something to be used, something for us to um, take advantage of, but use, invest wisely, um, not fall in love with it. And sometimes people get this twisted where they say that money is the root of all evil, and it's not true. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. Right. So has the Lord compelled you to support missionaries around the world? Well, that, yeah, that would be actually one part of um, using money wisely is investing it for God's mission in the world. Right. Uh, and as you know, uh, at the church, we um, invest some of the, uh, the money for missions. Where would you, can you be specific into where you have some missionaries? Yes, yeah, so we're currently supporting two missionaries. Uh, both of them are in Spain. Um, one of them, his name is Elios. He's been ministering for many years, and we came alongside our home church in uh, supporting him financially. And uh, the other one, uh, his name is Wellington. He's from Ecuador, but he's mis ministering in Spain uh, right now. And we're actually about to finish one year of uh, supporting him financially. I also know your home church, well, our home church, is very big on missionaries. Can you... Um, like say some of the countries he's helped and what he's done. Yeah, so our home church West Brownsville with Pastor Carlos Navarro. He's has served. He has actually himself gone to many countries, and that's how he's gotten a love for missionaries. And currently, um, I understand they're supporting about twenty different nationalities, uh, everywhere from Guatemala to Spain to um, North Africa, very dangerous place. And um, this is very biblical. It says that we need to care for the needs of the church. And one of those needs is these guys who go and give their lives to the mission. Right. So definitely something that's really big in our church from like our home church to ours would be giving to missionaries. Something that I've seen that you really support and you really push towards the the people that go to church, which is nice. And I'm really grateful because the people um, at Logos, they've been so generous. Every time we take up a missionary offering, they go above and beyond. They just give more and more to support these guys, um, their families, their kids. We forget that it's not just them doing the work. They have families and they have wives. Right. So it's a sacrifice that people are making, but it goes a long way. Yeah, and um, money specifically, we're, we're on this topic, um, it's worshipped. Like, people see this as another idol. And it's nothing new. Like, uh, Old Testament, people loved money. New Testament, the same thing. And let me ask you from, you know, the different generations that we are. Um, what are some of the messages that the culture is giving regarding money to younger people? I'd say money is a super big thing. If you don't have money, you're not successful. Like they they say, okay, well, how how much are you winning? Depending on that is how successful you are or 
what friends you have because a lot of people depend on money and it's it's crazy because like people become super materialistic to the point where you lose friendships you distance yourself from family sometimes too because all you're concentrating on is money and i see that a lot in my generation and it's it's crazy kind of like on tiktok like there's so many like there's a tiktoker she's like 14 15 blew up getting like millions of dollars off of this app for no reason right but it's just crazy because that's all my generation concentrates on how to make money the fastest way to make money and it's sometimes not even about like cash it's about like you said materialism wealth um a lot of people showing off things that they don't have to impress people they don't like are you wearing a gucci shirt if it's not gucci <laughs> we can't do this podcast faster <laughs> no you're not gonna find me on that preachers and sneakers website <laughs> I'm a Walmart guy. Uh, that's where I get all my clothes from. Hey, Walmart goes hard. Yeah. At a low price. Yes. <laughs> Need some partnerships, Walmart. Hit us up. <laughs> okay. So should people know what is going on with the money that's being given to a church? Yeah. I think that's one of the things about being a pastor and a leader that keeps you up at night is how am I being transparent? How am I showing people that what they're investing in is... Um, reliable and that we're handling their money in a safe way a lot of the ways that people ruin their ministries is by being financially uh, irresponsible and uh, when you think when people out there in the world think of christians they think of these mega church preachers or they think of these guys that are asking for money all the time um, and i think part of it as a pastor is we should and ministry leaders we should be transparent let people know hey this is what we're doing um, I don't know if you've seen that at Logos. We share things about, hey, this is where our money's going to start going now. Um, and I think that's very helpful. Definitely, especially when we um, when we receive like funds, when they're like, oh, hey, this is for this. You always say like, hey, we've received this much money. It's going towards this. Or when you want to put money towards something, you always say to the church, like, hey, we all agreed, let's do it. And I think that's, that's nice because a lot of churches receive a lot of money but you don't see where it's going. Like you just give the money and then it's like, okay, but where is it? Like, what are you doing with it? Yeah, there was a very famous um, old theologian and preacher. And he said, be careful of any man who having started out poor in ministry has now become rich. It's like, where did that money come from? And how did they get it all? On that rich topic, is being rich bad? Not necessarily. You can be poor and sin sinful, or you can be rich and sinful. You can be poor and godly and you can be rich and godly because it's not so much about having money it's about does money have you does money have your affection and um, some of the nicest people at our church even um, they're doing well off they're educated uh, logos has really reached uh, young families who are you know college educated doing uh, professional work and it's not bad to be rich um, it's bad whenever it becomes an idol for you I've heard a lot of people say that reaching someone that's rich is harder than reaching someone that's not. What would you have to say about that? Yeah, Jesus gave the illustration that it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to go to heaven. Because here on earth, a rich person, they feel like they have everything. And not all rich people. But some rich people say, well, you know, I can buy happiness. Right. That line of money can't buy happiness. They don't buy it because... If you want something, you buy you buy something to make yourself feel happy. There's literally a song that says, um, for those who say that buying happiness doesn't exist, must have not had enough money to buy it. Yeah. And it's like, come on, like, sorry I'm broke. <laughs> Even the Beatles in the 60s and 70s, they, that one, uh, Can't Buy Me Love. 
Like you can buy me all kinds of things, but love, that's the one thing you can't buy. Uh, I, I agree. Like uh, there's certain things money cannot buy. So it's not bad to be rich. It's not bad to be poor. Um, I think if we just learn like Paul to be content with what we have now, knowing that God will provide, we'll be better off. Right. And he says to not worry about tomorrow, to worry about today because he has tomorrow handled. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay, so we're going to go to John for our questions. Okay, so we have a couple questions here. Uh, the first question we have here is, is it true if you don't give 10% of your paycheck to your church, you're in disobedience? Right. So I'm going to blow your mind a little bit. Um, nowhere in the New Testament are we commanded to give 10%. We're not commanded to tithe as New Testament Christians. So where does that come from? The Old Testament Hebrews in, in, in the nation of Israel, God commanded them to give a tithe, 10%. Um, do you currently participate in that? Do you give? When I used to work, yes. And when I get some income, like if I receive some money, then yeah, I'll give 10% and to my tithes. Right. So, and like I said, in the Old Testament, that was what was commanded for the nation of Israel. They would give 10% to the Lord. On top of that, and that was kind of like your income tax. On top of that, they would give another 10% going towards the temple. And then they would give another 3 or 4 or 5% specifically to the Levites. So in the Old Testament, you weren't commanded to give 10%. You were committed to give about 25% of your income. So if you want to be very biblical, so to speak, we would actually give 25%. But in the New Testament, Paul doesn't say give 10. The Lord doesn't say give 10. He says, be generous. And give what God has put in your heart because God loves a cheerful giver. That's in Second Corinthians. Um, so I would say the principle behind tithing is it's a good place to start. And over the years, you should want to be more charitable towards the church, the mission, and people who are in need. But uh, you're not necessarily in disobedience if you're not giving exactly 10% of every dime that you receive. God knows your heart. Okay. How do religious people know so many quotes and lines from the Bible? Have you seen something like that? People that just quote the Bible who are not really Christians? Or they use Bible stories or Bible language? And they twist it. They like to twist it to justify their actions. Yes, I've seen a lot of that. Yeah, and even out in the world, we use phrases like the Good Samaritan. When someone's being nice, they're being a Good Samaritan. And we don't know the story. The Golden Rule. You see it everywhere. In, in schools and everything where it's supposed to be separated by church and state, the Golden Rule comes from the Bible. Yeah, treat others the way you want to be treated. So we borrow a lot from the Bible. I mean, every superhero movie that you watch, uh, Superman was actually written by a Jewish uh, uh, comic book artist. So the whole story behind Superman was this super amazing hero who humbles himself down to our level. They're speaking of Messiah. They're talking about Jesus without knowing it. Um, so I think it's amazing that people borrow from the Bible without knowing the context of what it says. Right. Yeah, I see that a lot too in the movies we watch. We watch a lot of... Uh... MCU, for those who don't know what that is, that's Marvel. <laughs> yeah, we're not DC folks, we're more Marvel. Marvel. And a lot of just, I, I see how, because you mentioned it and now I can't stop. Like once I watch the movie and I see something, I'm like, that's from the Bible. And they do it a lot. It's it's cool. Yeah, I think, I mean, do you want to tell a good story? You start with the best story, which is the Bible, and you move from there. Exactly. Does wanting to provide more than I already do for my family make me a lover of money? Wow. Uh. A lot of people have fallen into the trap of not being content. And the Bible says that by doing so, by chasing money, they've uh, hurt themselves. Or the language there is literally they've pierced their own bodies with many pangs, the Bible says, which is spikes or things that hurt. 
So um, it's not bad to want to provide for your family, to want to feed your family. Um, and even in your generation, the same as mine, we see people there who, if they can get a better job, they'll do so. They can get a promotion. Um, let me ask you this. What is one of the driving forces behind getting uh, college educated now, especially your generation? What is the motivating for, for, for wanting to get a better degree or a different degree? Money, honestly. Like uh, people say, um, okay, because one of my mentors, she's a lawyer. She's well off. And she said that one of her friends had reached out to her and said, hey, do you think I should go to law school just because? It's like, what do you mean? Just because, like, if you're going to law school, it's because that's what you want to do. You want to help people that way. Not just because of money or just because. And I see a lot of people that do that and then end up miserable. Like they're living the worst life they could possibly live because they want to do something that gave them more money. So, What would be some of the drawbacks that you've seen of... Maybe even dads who, you know, they make good money, but they want to make more. What would be some of the trade-offs, things that they sacrifice for wanting to get more money? Well, times with the kids. I mean, I know for one, when my dad, because he lived here right with us, he lived like 10 minutes away from us, and he decided to move to a different state, Connecticut, that is now roughly five-hour flight, about a 48-hour drive, right? And it's hard because the first time he moved, we went three years without seeing him. And that puts a toll on your relationship. So definitely, like, knowing your priorities is very important. Because I don't think sacrificing time with your kids is worth getting a six-figure paycheck. Yeah. When do you know when you do become a lover of money? Right. So I would say um, if the first thing you think about is money, the last thing you think about is money. If every any and every decision is just solely based off money, like what job am I going to take? Well, which one pays more? Or if you become someone really obsessed with having the latest uh, devices. I know for me that's been a trapping, like wanting to have the latest iPhone and it's only slightly better than the previous one. Um, your affection is starting to go towards money instead of God. Um, also on that, I guess... Um, the Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart is. So I would say, hey, check your bank statement. Where's your money going? What are you investing in? And what are you spending it on? Uh, what would you think? What would you say the biggest item on your bank statement uh, usually are? Um, I'd say Amazon. Oh, my gosh. Amazon has taken a lot of my money. But a lot of it has, like, recently I bought myself my backpack for next semester. I'm going to need it. I'm going to go to school. Granted, I didn't have to get a $50 Captain America backpack, <laughs> but it's a backpack. I'm going to use it. Or um, shoes. I buy a lot of shoes, but I need shoes. I wear shoes. <laughs> so when do you feel like it's a love for money then? Rather, rather than like, oh, I'm using money. When my room is full of shoes, then that's when I'll know I need to stop. But it's not full of shoes. <laughs> There's still room for more. There's still room for more. Why do people take on so much debt in this culture? Wow, that's hard. Uh, I had a friend who he has just gotten married. They came together. They hadn't really talked about their finances. And when they come together, you not only marry her, you marry her debt. And starting off in their marriage, they were very into debt. Uh, she was a shopaholic. He had made some bad dealings and fallen into debt. And uh, that was very hard. So why would you get into debt? Well, probably sometimes poor planning uh, or wanting things that you really can't afford. 
my wife and I, we've done that uh, Dave Ramsey um, financial planning where you pay off your debts. And then if you want to buy something, you only do so if you have the money to buy it. Um, sometimes even the trap of credit. Well, I need to have credit to buy a house. Uh, that can be very difficult because you want to build it at a young age. I'll ask you this. Do you have a credit card? I do. I have not used it. Great. It's not maxed out, is it? No, I'm terrified to swipe it. I'm terrified to swipe it. It's really scary. And a lot of these uh, like uh, celebrities, they look very wealthy. But you know they rent you know, cars and houses for their videos. The jewelry they wear is rented. They return it at the end of the day. Um, so it's just putting on a front, just trying to show off something that I don't have. That's what I think. Definitely. Those are all the questions. Okay, thank you, John. Thank you, Pastor Manny. And thanks for tuning into the Logos Talk podcast. If you have any more questions, send them to us through our social media channels. See you on the next one. The Logos Talk podcast is a ministry of Logos Baptist Church. Our audio director is John Sanchez. Our technical director is Haley De La Fuente. 